Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Million Dollar Agent. How are we, gentlemen? Very good. Very good, good to see Tom. you guys. Very good. Glad to be back. Okay, we got the full uh, last week. We were minus. Uh, John, were you interstate or? Yes, traveling. Traveling? Actually, yeah, we spent two days in Hong Kong and a couple of days interstate in Melbourne, and so I missed it. Did you miss me or not? Uh, Probably not. John, we did miss you. Uh, we did miss you. Troy, did we not miss yes, John? Yes, very much so. Very okay. Much so. Politically <laughs> John, John, we're happy to have you back because there's no better person in Australia today to answer this question because as we're recording this podcast, there's a real estate agent at someone's house and the vendor has just asked him, what's my home worth? And the answer that you give to this question is pretty important because you might either end up with an overpriced turkey, you might end up giving them no hope and not getting the listing, um, you might come across uh, not giving an answer that people feel comfortable. So what is the right answer, John? Because in this new marketplace that we're seeing, some buyers easing off in some marketplaces, real estate agents have to uh, respond, and the listing presentation's step one, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's a good point, Tom. I think of all the things people want to know or ask or fo probably focus on, and, and by the way, I don't think it is the right thing to focus on a listing appointment, but we'll get to that later. It's, you know, understandably, what's the property worth? Yeah. Because I think some of them mistakenly think that, you know, what you think it's worth is actually, that's going to give you give them the money. It doesn't. It's really just an opinion. Uh, they Some of them will choose agent, not too many, but some will choose agent based on how well they do or don't answer the next question. And you're right, you either end up, in, in some instances, you end up with a listing you don't want because you've overpriced it. And I'd hate to think in this day and age there's a lot of agents consciously, systematically overpricing, but I fear that there may still be that element out there, and let's hope it's in the minority. And I'm sure, pretty sure, damn sure, it won't be many of our listeners, but I'm, I'm sure it still happens. <coughs> So I think that that's, um, that's an issue, and, or, you, or you miss it, and you think that, well, if I tell the truth, I'll tell the truth, but that, that could have me miss the listing. I think there's a space in between that says, if you deal with it correctly, you should neither win the business nor lose it based on the response to the question. It's how you handle it. So I think it's a really good, and you know, we, we might, as a result of this, I mean, let's invite listeners now to, to sort of send in any specific questions afterwards, but I'll, I'll start maybe about how do I think you handle it. First thing is I think you need to handle it philosophically, and my view is the day of listing is not the day to determine and finalise price. It is a day where we need to have a robust discussion around price, or at least comparable sales, but if you see this is the day that we need to sit down and we need to agree on a figure, I think that's a trap for young players. So I think, now, just as much, Troy, I think what you don't want to do is be so evasive that people just say, look, God, he just wouldn't give me a straight answer. So my view would be somewhere in the middle, Tom, to say, Tom, you know, what I want to do is discuss a few things today, and one of them, of course, is I want to have a discussion around the sort of price range you might be able to expect going forward. Having said that, that's probably the one thing that we can't really determine with a great degree of accuracy because ultimately, of course, the buyers will determine what the price is. However, the buyers have a certain process they go through and I'd like to share that with you. And that process is around looking at what other similar properties to yours have been selling and what they've been fetching. That's their, let's call it their starting point. So I think if we know what their starting point is likely to be, then you and I, as a team, being the vendor and your agent, can work out how can we maximise the price and get the most possible. John, I, I really like the way you're describing the way the buyer's going to think. 
So you're being really transparent and showing this is the process that a purchaser is going to go through exactly. when they're looking at your home and the value of your home. And sometimes, Tom, we, you know, we'll say, Tom, do you remember when you bought the home and you, you and Sula were sitting down in the lounge room trying to work out what you might bid at the auction? How did you come up with the price? And invariably, people say, well, we'd, we'd missed out at three auctions and we're comparing each property. And we said, well, that remains true today, that buyers will have a look at what else they can buy, what's value for money, what have they missed out on, what's on the market, and all that information they put into their calculator or brain and they work out what do they think this is worth. So what I want to do today is, is we should try and work out where do you think the buyers will be feeling comfortable around price. Once we've determined that, I want to spend the rest of the meeting determining what process we can apply to your sale to maximise that outcome. So then I you know, talk about, <coughs> and, and I, then I'll add also the fact that this is not a day we need to finalise price. In fact, I think it would be a mistake to see today. I think this is the day you need to decide who do you think is best equipped to maximise the price, take you on a process, take you on a journey with certainty, and um, get you the best outcome, whatever that might be, no, accepting that we don't know what that is yet. So I think when people, then, then you, you shift their mindset because what they're waiting to hear is a number. Yeah. So what do you think? Is it 500 or 550? And someone even said maybe 600. You actually take the pressure off and then you say, well, let's have a look at this. There have been six homes in this street and there's been six in a nearby streets with similar blocks of land, similar size homes. The lowest one here, Tom, sold for 522 and the top one here sold for 563. So I think if you agree that these look like they're fairly similar, and we've done a bit of research and would suggest they are fairly similar, um, that would say that the buyers are going to probably think it's worth in the early to mid fives. How do you feel about that? And then you're, you, you might say, well, that kind of feels right to me. I've been looking out, I agree with that. In which case we kind of move forward and we don't have much of a debate. Or you might say, well, you know, my solicitor said that you know, if I don't get 600, I shouldn't sell. In which case we say, well, that's possible. Let's work out a plan on how can we maximise our price. So John, there's a difference between overpricing, being dishonest, and giving people some hope. Because, as you said, nothing's impossible, really. The number of properties that I've sold over the years, Tom, and you and your colleagues have, that have gone for 20, 30, 40, up to 100% more than we expected. Right. And more than the comparables would suggest. So it's not misleading. It's actually naive to think that you can you would say to someone, well, 600 is impossible. So I would say, Tom, look, it, that may be possible. It really depends on how the buyers respond and also depends on how we present the home, how we handle inspections, the quality of the marketing we put out in the marketplace, the number of buyers that that generates, and the competitive nature or the competitive process we put them through, which may indeed be an auction or it might be some other form of expression of interest or, or a private negotiation. So if we get those elements right, all I can guarantee you is that gives us the best opportunity to get a premium. Mm. Now, based on recent sales, the price that your lawyer has said, let's call it, that would be an outstanding result. I'm up for an outstanding result if you are. Let's now talk about how could we possibly get an outstanding result. So you're not being evasive. You're being, in fact, you're being quite direct in terms of what the buyers are likely to look at. And then, you know, sometimes you're going to get a real world, you're going to get someone's going to say, well, that one of 563, that didn't have a pool or that didn't have this and that. And that's where you have a good discussion. And, and they might be right. You might be underestimating some of the attributes that this home has. So it's easy to have that conversation once you're in the flow. But what you don't want to do is come out with a figure 
because the figure's never right. Yeah. If you say, Tom, I think it's worth 600, 99.9% you're not going to be right. Yeah. Even if you said it's worth around 600, pretty good chance you're not going to be right. But if you say, here are the last six homes that appear to me to be the sort of properties the buyers will compare yours with, what I'd love to do is get your feedback around those homes. I've printed some brochures and floor plans off. And you're having a now a trusted advisor type conversation. You're likely to get them on the right page. But then I say to people, Tom, what I don't want you to do is misconstrue this to think that I don't think we may get more than this. Whatever I can get, I'll get. If I can get a dollar more, a thousand or a hundred thousand more, that's my job. So my job as your agent is not just to replicate what the market's got, but we need to start looking at that so we have a feel for the beginning point. My job as your agent is to get every cent that's available. So that's what, I just want you to know that I'm not out there just looking for a sale. I'm out there looking for a premium price. So then all of a sudden we're in the we space. You and I are together. We're looking at some comparables. We're probably at some level in agreement. And I've already said to you, today's not the day we have to finalise. So we're kind of taking the pressure off. Otherwise, it does get in this beauty parade of whoever tells the biggest lie, whoever tells the biggest price might get the business. So you've got to, you've got to sort of, in a way, choose not to take part in that game. Okay, but I think, John and Troy, as we're listening to this, I clearly feel that you're not being smug about avoiding it, Mm -hmm. the price, I mean. Correct. You are trying, via partnership collaboration, explain that there's a range and there's the evidence that suggests this range, but what you're doing mostly is explaining that the process will highly impact yeah. that range. And that's something that is controllable today, whereas um, getting the price is uncontrollable today. It's very right. I mean, Tom, you're, you're 100% accurate. And when you think about it, there is no recommended retail price for pretty much any property. I mean, occasionally you find a development with a thousand that are identical, but that would be a rare case. I mean, every time a house sells, John, it's proof that the agent was wrong with the price. Correct. Correct. Even even to a point of the auction, when you get the reserve as an auctioneer, Tom, like John, recalling many auctions, you, you kind of look at the reserve and you think, how many times do you hit the exact dollar of that reserve mm. to sell the property? Yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. in the minority. You either exceed the expectation, yeah. so you're kind of exceeding the expectation of the vendor and short. also the agent, or you're falling short and there's a, a reason to negotiate. So the price, to put a dollar figure on it... Um, yeah. well, I think you know, you've know you got to get into your mind, and, and it needs to be clear to the client, the vendor, that there is no fixed price, but the process that gets applied and the person that applies it has a meaningful impact on that price. So I could send a novice out with a $1,000 marketing budget and they'll get one price. I could go out in the market and it might be an area that I'm expert in and I've developed some expertise over the years and skills. And through my expertise, market knowledge and through a better $6,000 marketing campaign where I find more buyers than the other campaign, I could get potentially 20% more. So that the house is not the same value. Depend, so the house's value is dependent upon the process and the person. And I think this is something that gets missed, which is why people sort of think they lose property to fee discounters. They don't. But if the vendor doesn't see the point of difference and the value you add, they're going to go to the lowest tenderer mm. or the highest quota in terms of price. So I think um, it's, it's... Look, and this is something I was thinking this morning when I was driving on the way here, thinking about this afternoon, I was thinking, you have to practice this stuff like a surgeon. Mm. 
because one slip and you're dead in a way. Mm. You have to know when someone says, but my next door neighbour said, but I want more. You can't flinch, you have to be calm, you have to listen, you have to acknowledge, and you have to be very uh, confident in the way you deal with this because there are going to be a lot of vendors that say, well, look, I'm not interested in early to mid-fives. My friend, I want 650. Mm. And if not, you can pack up your little compendium and go elsewhere, you know, like... Mm. And you need to be able to talk that through. And, and, you know, I'd love to know, Tom, where you came up with that figure. I'd love to know what's your plan B. If you don't sell for 650, what else would you think of doing with the home? Um, and just have a conversation that extends it to a point where you give yourself a chance to get on the same page. Because, and I, I'm not critical of vendors that have a high expectation to start with. That's their prerogative. If I was selling my home, I'd want to get as much as I can. So I, I think that's just a natural state that we have to accept in the industry. That's a natural part of what we go through. So how do we deal with that? It, it, it is around practice. You've got to practice it. And you don't want to do too much practice on your clients. You want to do it with your peer group, with your sales manager, with your principal, in the mirror, in the shower, whatever you do. John, what, what do you uh, say to the... Uh the view that some real estate agents try very hard to extract a number off a vendor prior to them giving them a number. And that could be done sometimes over the phone on yeah. a pre-list conversation. It can be done as you're going through the home. What's your view on that in 2015? Look, I like getting a sense, if I can, of where their head's at. And, and you're right, Tom, the, the further away from the listing appointment, the more likely you are going. Because if if you're there in the house and you're having a conversation, you've been through it and you ask them what they think, they're going to say, well, that's why I got you here. Uh, if you meet them at an open and they say, do you come over next weekend, you can say, look, I'll do some research. Could you give me a sort of ballpark figure you think your home might be in? Well, two reasons. One is it does give you some genuine opportunity to do some research and work out whether you think they're right on the mark or whether you think they might be a little bit under or over based on the comparables. Um, the other thing is, you know, you, you do want to know if they're well above where the market is, it's kind of nice to have that knowledge as you walk into a meeting. It just, it's just a little bit, you know, forewarned is forearmed. You just John, uh, a vendor that is uh, 10%, 15% over and they're very clear in their head, but you sense that there's a motivation and that there is a, a need and a requirement to sell, um, what does John McGrath do and say? So motivated vendor but appearing high, high expectations. The circumstance is more important than what they say. Right. If someone says, I bought another property and I've got to settle in 30 days, but I want 20% more than you've told me, uh, I kind of read through that and I say, well, you know, if, unless you're able to hold the two homes, you're probably going to get realistic. And I hope I can get you the 20%, by the way. That's my job. Yeah. But if I can't, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a high waste of time. It sounds like that you're going to make a decision. So it's not about buying the listing. And again, I'm not saying to the client at that point, Tom, um, you can or can't get it. Yeah. What I'm saying is, Tom, I guess, you know, here are the comparables. Let's go through them. It's my job to get you a premium. Let's talk through the process. And whether or not we can or can't get that extra 20%, time will tell. But it's my job to give it a damn good try. Because unless, if I'm sitting there as an agent, and because the alternative, Tom, is I start arguing with you. Say, Tom, you're just, you're in a dream world. Mm. To get you know six fifty for that property, I mean you'd be lucky to be honest to get more than five fifty. For a start, I, I've probably got no shot of getting the listing. Yeah. Two is it's potentially a bit disrespectful and rude to a client, yeah. and I could have egg in my face in thirty days. So I, I would say that would be certainly a great result. We're about great results. 
love to see if we can get it for you. If the market determines the values at another level, you'll know about it. There's no surprises when you deal with me. And I will, be, I will be interrogating, quizzing everyone that comes through. I'll be asking them for feedback on the home. I'll be asking them what else are they comparing it to? What do they think the advantages and disadvantages? But you can also, I mean, it's a big part of this time is also energy and tonality. It's, you know, you have to be calm and confident and you have to kind of settle people's nerves down. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't get that. But if you're stressful and you're wound up and you're argumentative or combative, it's almost, I, I can't give you any dialogue that's going to cut through because that's going to put the client on edge. Mm. So, you know, I think you have to be, you know, you have to sit there. Reaction and, free. Yeah. Reaction free. Listen, talk them through it. Just say, okay, that's, uh, it's good to know where you would like to achieve the end result at 650. Um, and as, as I've just been through with you, the recent sales are probably more in the mid fives and the mid sixes, Tom. Um, You've said you bought another property. It feels to me like you'd like to get a sale in the next 30 days. I'm happy to embark on the process if we have the right marketing. Yeah. And I'm happy to be very open as to what we might fetch for your home. Yeah. Um, I can't guarantee any price, but I can guarantee you, you'll get everything I've got to get the best yeah. price. And I think um, as we uh, come towards this end of this podcast, I would say that one of the observations I've noticed, and it was echoed, I did a video uh, we unpacked the realestate.com website. I did a video with Tracy Fellows last week. It's a great video, I saw it. And Tracy said uh, that the highest ranking piece of information that leaves realestate.com's website out of anything is Saturday night's auction, auction results. results. Yeah, it's interesting. So, to me, what that says, gentlemen, is that consumers are more knowledgeable than we may actually think. That data is now so readily available yeah. between the um, online portals, the property data so companies. Agents, a lot of agents, I didn't know about this until a few weeks ago. You should explain that. I think, Troy, there's this place you go to and you can get sent the results for your market every Saturday night, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're an agent, you need to be getting that. Maybe everyone else has got it, but I didn't know about it until a few weeks ago and then I've, I've registered for it now. But you need to go onto REA and make sure you are getting the download. So when someone says Sunday morning, I heard it was 63% clearance yesterday, you're across it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, uh, I find that uh, sending a text message um, to an agent that sold an incredible property uh, helps me keep a connection with them. And they, I mean, they just like me uh, saying, you know, well done for that result. But all I'll say is that I think we're in an era, and the Sunday press um, both ca- cover results, both papers on Sundays and where there's one paper around Australia. So I think a real estate agent having the view that I've got to go in and tell the owners a high price because this theory that used to go around a few years ago is the biggest liar gets the job. Mm. I think um, that's not so the case as much these days because... I think, by the way, it happens in 10%. Right. I think you're right. Sorry, I think you're, you're right that that's not the case in most, but in some instances, the client goes with the biggest quote. Yeah, but not many nowadays. Well, I think I think what it is, John, is the biggest liar sometimes is found out in 2015 yeah. Yeah. because of the transparency of information. But I think, John, I've got to tell you, I think this is the sort of podcast that it's worth listening to a second time because you have eloquently been able to explain that you talk process, yeah, touch on price, explain that whilst you can't control. Um, the exact figure today, you can't control the marketing, you yep. can't control the strategy, you can't control the agent that you're going to pick, you can't control the way you're going to style it. And what yep. you're saying is, 
be very clear to people and explain to them the way a buyer goes through the process. And if you do that and give people some hope, I don't think you're telling someone that they're going to get a figure they're not going to get. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think exactly right. Focus on the, and Lee Woodward used to say early days when I used to train a bit with Lee, and Lee's had some great dialogue. He still has he over the years. He said it's about the uh, it's about the process, not the promise. Yeah. The promise being a lot of agents will promise all sorts of stuff, but let's focus on the process because we can control that. We can't control the price. We can't control exactly how many people have come through, but we can control the quality of our marketing and we can control a whole range of other things. So that's very, very good. Very good. I'm well, glad that Tracy thing was good, by the way, because, of course, Tracy is one of our CEO of our sponsor. Yeah, so a thank you to realestate.com. And, um, John, she was... Um, and. Um, for, a, for a, a CEO who is not out there listing and selling real estate, she was able to unpack the following. She was able to explain exactly how to use a vendor report to show a vendor the reality of the marketplace using the data. She was able to show how a real estate agent is put on the shopping list before the presentation and what you've got to do to hit a vendor in the face in that selection of who do I call out and one of the things that you kept pointing out is that the most visited part for a vendor is the sold section and when a real estate agent puts a price on the property even if it might not have been a premiere it still shoots up and yeah. consumers want to know what property prices have sold for. I mean, I've got to tell you, I was, uh, last night I did Sky Business where I promote one or two properties that News Corp have and your um, accountant, Bill, Mm -hmm. was there. Um, I did it via satellite and I had a Queensland property on the Gold Coast and the host asked me, he said, What do you mean you did it via satellite? Where were you? I did it out of uh, Martin Place. Okay. I did it. I didn't go into to Fox where's Studios. Where's Anthony Bill? Anthony had gone to Fox Studios, yeah, right? Yeah, gotcha. So I was cr- via cr- satellite, and the host asked me. Chris asked me. He said, "Tom, what's the price guide of that property on the Gold Coast?" Yeah. And I said to Chris, "I said, Chris, because it's a Queensland property, I can't actually give you a figure yeah. because the agent hasn't given me a figure." <laughs> Anthony Bill said, "Oh, come on, Tom, throw." <laughs> Throw, throw us throw us the number. Come on. Um, and I think he did that more maybe not knowing what the, the, the legislation um, is. Yeah, but I mean, he's stirring you up too. Yeah, probably stirring me up, right? But the, the, re, the reality... Don't get me started on Queensland price. Yeah. The re, the <laughs> reality another podcast, is, surely. We're, we're out of time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, com. Thank you for our sponsors. Uh, Troy, it's good to see you again. John, welcome back. We'll see you next week. We'll Thanks, see you guys. next week. Talk Always. then. Bye-bye.